630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. and beyond as the Oilers get set to take on the San Jose Sharks in a couple of hours here on 630 Chet. Here's the current state of the scoreboard. Late in the second period, Ottawa, Montreal, 3-3. Sabres lead the Canes 2-1. Maple Leafs up 5-1 on the Panthers. Austin Matthews has not scored. Mitch Marner has twice. He's up to 31. Also late in the second period, Rangers up 2-1 on the Devils. Blue Jackets and Flyers 2-2. Avalanche leading Pittsburgh 3-2. McKinnon with a couple to get to 24. After the first, Boston leads Detroit 2-1. And halfway through the first period, Predators up one zip on the Wild. Roman Yossi, who I got to tell you, folks, not only do I think he should win the Norris, I might vote for him for the heart. Islanders and Stars coming up later. Well, they start in a few minutes, and uh, we'll transition to the face-off show, bring Stoffer on after 7 o'clock as the Oilers and the Sharks start at 8.30. Craig McTavish checking in as he does uh, every couple of weeks for Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. MacT, it's always fun to have breaking news to talk about uh about a minute into my show the Oilers made it official Noah Philp from the Golden Bears has been signed uh I don't I don't know if you've seen Noah play at all but uh any thoughts here on this signing tonight well I have not seen him play and uh but I have heard all about him ad nausea from our favorite radio color man Bobby Stauffer (laughs) tells me a lot about this guy uh, I know he'll be uh, very excited to, uh, to to get him in the fold. Bob follows the, the Golden Bears uh, almost as heavily as he follows the Oilers, so uh, I generally trust his opinion on, uh, on, on those players for sure. And uh, even speaking with him as, as this morning, he, w- he was uh, touting the ability of this guy and the potential of this guy, so... Sounds like a good positive move for the Oilers. Tell me a little bit from your experience about the perpetual search for talent and the, um, I guess, commitment you might have to have to following a player's career because some players like Noah Phil might look different at 22, 23 than they did at 17 or 18. Yeah, they change quickly. And... uh you know they're 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 usually found. There's, I mean, sometimes it's rare to find uh, gems at the NCAA level, and even more rare at the uh, CIS level. But uh, you know, if if you can play, the scouts are going to find you, and uh, the players do develop. You know, we always talk about development itself not being linear, and uh, guys develop at different rates and. Uh, you know the CIS is 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 a great avenue for later developing players that you know didn't get a look or didn't get a quality look coming out of junior, and you have to you have to stay on top of these guys. Uh, you know you look at Boston, who's in that market. There's so many college teams in the New England area that they they have a bit of a competitive advantage there because when they go after players in that area, they generally want to stay. 
the players want to stay in that area. And, uh, you know, they're always augmenting their lineup with uh, two or three uh, college players, free agent players, drafted players out of the New England area. And it's it's a competitive advantage. And, you know, the CIS doesn't have uh, this, the same reverence as, as the NCAA from – from pro hockey for for the obvious reason that there aren't as many players uh, that make the transition to the to the NHL, but there are a few, and uh, generally the U of A, uh, especially with Ian Herber's coaching, they're gener- they're they're always well prepared, and uh, you know they're 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 further along than I think a lot of other programs in the CIS because of the coaching, and uh, you know. Bob tells me this guy's a six foot three uh, centerman. He played wing this year that can uh, that can skate and has a great shot. And so those are uh, those are really good qualities to start with. Yeah, big guy for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I watched a couple Bears games at Nationals over the weekend, and and he definitely uh, stood out. Unfortunately, the Bears couldn't get the big goal they they needed to win it in double overtime. But yeah, this is an intriguing signing by the Oilers for sure. I'll I'll throw this one at you, Mac T. Maybe uh, maybe you'll kind of roll your eyes and say I can't sum this up for you. But you know, when there is a player at at eighteen or nineteen that you think isn't quite ready, is is there usually a trait that's often holding them back? I mean, is it, are they not able to play that heavy game or they just have to step too slow? Like what often might prevent a guy, um, you know, from, from really standing out until he maybe gained some experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's all of those things. And generally every player has one of them that is, uh, holding him back. And, uh, you know, you seldom get it all at <laughs> at the NHL level. I mean, we have a couple players that did get it all, but you seldom get it all. And there's always something that you have to overcome. If you get size and speed, a lot of times you don't get sense or skill. And if you get skill and uh, sense, a lot of times you don't get size or power. Uh, so there's there's always something. Uh, that you're 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 trying to overcome, and uh, you know uh, competitiveness is something we were talking uh, today, or I was talking today with a buddy of mine about uh, Adrian Kempe in uh, in L.A. That his draft year, like you could always see the speed uh, that this guy possessed and and the skill level, but he, I mean, and he had size, but he just. He didn't compete at the level that uh, you know the, he, he was. Uh, he, he wasn't a competitive guy at at that level at 18 when he was drafted. But you know, obviously, he's he's figured that out, and most players do. I mean, there are the odd exception of guys that are scared to compete, but generally, guys figure it out. You get to the next level and you start to build a little comfort level and you get tired of being uh, pushed around and bullied and hit and you start fighting back and you, you realize it's really not that bad to compete hard and fight back. And I mean, he's obviously a guy that, that has developed that and has turned into a great player. So you're always trying to project 
the, whether the weakness uh, can, can be improved over time. I mean, and I think that's really an, a great attribute for a, for a, an amateur scout is to be able to project that. I mean, is it an exact science? Absolutely not. But over time, you you recognize uh, a skill set that uh, you think the player can work through and develop and turn into a pretty good player, and then and then you have something. But it's always it's generally always something that players have to work on. They seldom get it all. I'm interested hearing that about Kempe because, I mean, obviously the Kings have played the Oilers. I watched uh, after the basketball game ended, I watched about the last half of Calgary and L.A. Yeah. Like, Kempe is an irritant. Like he's, he, he's yeah. like, he's unpleasant out there. Like I'm even like, man, like he was swiping at guys after scrums. And I'm like, like this guy's turning into a Claude Lemieux light out there. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there was really none of that. But you know, you, you you as I said, you get tired of getting pushed around, and uh, you know you you see the benefits of going to those high traffic areas, and you get rewarded there, and uh, you know it just uh, motivates you, incentivizes you to get back to those areas, and obviously he's done that. All right, Craig McTavish joining us on Inside Sports. Uh, Noah Philp has signed with the Oilers after a great season with the U of A. Well, he only played half the season, but had awesome numbers. Uh, You referenced Kempe from the 2014 draft. I'm going to transition to the Oilers' big pick from that year, Leon Dreisaitl. I know you have been asked thousands of times, including by me, about that pick, so I'm not going to go down that road as Leon hits 50 again. Uh, for, hits it for the second time in his career. I am going to read you a couple of uh, quotes from a from an interview uh, in San Jose that Jay Woodcroft did yesterday, and he had these quotes about Leon Dreisaitl. He has an endlessly curious mind, and then later on in his answer, Woodcroft said this of Dreisaitl: "He's always craving information to make him better." Did you have that personal experience with Leon? Oh, uh, really, I didn't get my hands on him as a coach uh, yeah. at all. Uh, but, but just hearing uh, that, I guess. About, I think you know, that's Jay Woodcroft speak for continuing to give Leon information. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, double, double thinking it. And, uh, you know, Leon, the sense is just the, the thing that really stands out. Too. And you and I have talked about this before. When, excuse me, when he when he sees players at the ice level that you don't see sitting in the press box. So when he sees options and finds options that you don't see sitting in the press box with that panoramic view, you know that's rare. And and he does that. He quickly processes. It's all the processing. And he's got an incredible intellect to play hockey. And, uh, I mean, there obviously have been players like that, Gretzky certainly being one, Lemieux being one, that Mark Savard had a credible intellect and playmaking ability. But it's, it is it is rare. And uh, he, he's got that. He's got a ton of strength. He's got all the qualities. When I say you seldom get it all, He's the exception that proves the rule. 
All right. Uh, another big one for the Oilers tonight as they're inching closer to clinching a playoff spot, Craig. So I want to talk to you about uh, their approach here in the final few weeks of the season. We're going to take a quick timeout. Craig McTavish is on the line for Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. Oilers and Sharks, 8.30 tonight on 6.30. Chad will transition to the face-off show at 7.05. Bob Stoffer is going to hop on. We'll talk about the news of the day. Noah Philp signs a one-year deal with the Oilers after playing for the University of Alberta Golden Bears. Craig McTavish is on the line. Craig, as, as we move toward the playoffs here, and the Oilers still have to clinch, but they're in, in a good scenario here that they will get into the postseason. Um you know, how how does a coach approach the final 10, 15 games? Do you need to make sure some some things are ramped up? Do you try to start doing anything tactically different that might uh, maybe opponents haven't seen throughout the season? I'll just kind of open the box there for you. Well, I'll guarantee you there's nobody comfortable, players or coaches, in the fact that they've – clinch the playoff spot at the, that they're given to get into playoffs. You're always looking behind you in this, in this situation. And, uh, you know, bad things, bad streaks happen. And, uh, so I think their focus currently will be, and you hear Jay Woodcroft talk about it a lot, that their focus currently is on the next game. And you've always got to put the focus and the emphasis on the next game. Don't look beyond that. Keep accumulating the points. They've, we've we've now won uh, four in a row after uh, what was a, a, a pretty humiliating night in Calgary. And uh, you know the Oilers the the Oilers look really strong right now. I mean, uh, this this is a game tonight that would scare me a little bit. Because the Oilers, a lot of times in my mind, are a more dangerous team coming off uh, a loss. They generally, Jay's been able to focus them uh, quickly after a loss, you know, identify a few areas that they have to shore up and improve on. And the execution level is generally really good uh, coming out of some of the some of those losses like the Calgary loss where now they've rolled off four straight wins, but I'm sure they're not at all comfortable. I think the things that would be the focal points would be obviously protecting leads, not self-destructing when you do have the lead, make the opposition beat you, make the opposition come through five guys, don't burn players underneath the puck unnecessarily with with a uh, two or three goal lead. It's just it it doesn't make sense. You hear a lot that you know uh, prevent uh, def- uh, prevent defenses, prevent offense, and you want to kind of play the same way, but that's that's not true at all. There are you as a team, you have to have your hand on the dial of passiveness and aggressiveness and. You know, you, the game is strategic, as we've talked about a lot, 
and you have to play the game to win. And how do you adjust your thinking? Is why do you adjust your thinking? You adjust it because of the score, the time in the game, and you never know what play is going to turn the momentum in the game. And the hockey gods, as I said the other night on the broadcast, you know, they, they punish stupidity and selfishness mercilessly, and they always have. <laughs> and you have to play, you, you have to play smart. And uh, you have to play the situation. And I would think that that would be the one thing that the Oilers really want to make sure that they have in their toolbox when the playoffs roll around is that they don't self-destruct by making higher risk plays when you have a lead at a critical point in the game. So is, is that what happened against St. Louis or, or the blues just a, a really good team that pushed back and, and was able to, to tie the game. I'm just wondering what you saw in that one, because that, you know, that was got pretty tense there. They, they did finally yeah. win it in overtime, but St. Louis pretty much took over the final two periods. Well, they did. And you, you, you would expect that coming out after the first period where we just completely dominated them. So, you know, the coach is going to be, amping up the pressure on the team to play a whole lot better. And, uh, you know, I, th- I thought that all started on the penalty kill when we had the puck inside the blue line, the offensive blue line, and Nuge tried a, a, a high-risk play on the penalty kill offensively, which the hockey gods, they don't like that. And, and it ends up going the other way. And, uh, you know, Thomas ended up scoring on the goal, scoring uh, on the power play. And all of a sudden, okay, it's 4-2. The momentum's shifted against a very good team uh, with a lot of pride. And, uh, you know, then, then, then the game's on. And our guys, you know, you get a little tighter in that situation and the other team gets a little bit more energy. And then the ice shifts, and it's, you're starting to skate uphill. They're skating downhill. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a story as old as the game itself. Craig, as, uh, as usual, I wish we had more time. But, as always, love your insight, love your passion for the team, and uh, enjoy the, the game tonight. And we'll check in in a couple of weeks, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Reed. We'll look forward to watching the game tonight. Hopefully they can... Build on that effort coming out of Anaheim, which was fantastic. Absolutely. Oilers and Sharks coming up at 8.30 here on 6.30. Chad Edmonton up to 40 wins on the season. San Jose sitting at 29. That is Craig McTavish. Joins us every two weeks here on Inside Sports. He is presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. Just quickly updating the scoreboard here. Stars out to a 1-0 lead on the Islanders seven minutes into the game. After the first, Predators lead the Wild 3-1. In the second period, Bruins and Red Wings tied 2-2. Early in the third, Avalanche up 3-2 on the Pens. And the Blue Jackets and Flyers tied 2-2. After the second, Rangers leading the Devils 2-1. It's now 5-4. Maple Leafs leading the Panthers late in the second period. As uh, at one point it was 5-1 for the Leafs. High-scoring Panthers team trying to come back again. Senators and Canadians 3-3 after two. And first minute of the third, Buffalo leads Carolina 2 
one. Okay, thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, of course, your studio producer. He's sticking around for the face-off show. Stoffer up next. We'll look a little more at that uh, no-filp contract that Edmonton has signed tonight. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.